This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm back in my rightful spot. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of this weekly NBA podcast where we go through the news of the NBA. And alongside me, as always, is Ricky Over. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And today we are going to be talking about Kyrie Irving. Is he hurting the New York, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, or is he helping the Brooklyn Nets? There's reports that he's got mood swings, and then there's reports that he's a leader. We'll talk about all of that. Then we'll go into our wet boys of the week, the guys that absolutely popped off throughout the week. We'll give them love in that segment. Then we will talk about the Miami. Miami Heat so far. They're off to a hot start. They're heating up um, so far out of the gates. And now they're yes. adding Jimmy Butler, who was uh, injured for the first couple games. He wasn't injured. Uh, he was out. He was out. Yeah, he's out. He wasn't playing. With Child being born, priorities in life. And he even spoke on how he's happy his coach pushed him in the direction of this is this is the opportunity in your life, man. I will be 100% honest. Didn't know he was having a kid being born. I just know he wasn't playing. Yeah. Uh, so I just Kat's assumed that he was in girlfriend. Um, but yeah, well, well, who cares? It's a kid. It's your, it's your kid. No, I know. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just cool. throwing an extra shade at cat because mm-hmm. it's funny. Cat. Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, this, this all sort of stems back from the rumor that, like, Jimmy slept with Cat's girlfriend. Oh, and I don't know about that rumor. You know, I don't yeah, care nine about that. Ma- nine months you know before that this. Is? You know what that is? Mm-hmm. Hashtag off the court. Hashtag off the court. It's not on yeah, the court. That's all gotta, I care about. We got to keep it hashtag on the court. It wasn't, right. it wasn't hashtag You're on right. the court. If we're gonna <laughs> keep, we have to keep it hashtag on the court. Exactly. Kendrick, no, anyway. It, it wasn't hashtag, it, it, hashtag on the court. Gotcha. Jimmy Butler hashtag Ooh. wasn't on the court. Now he's back hashtag on the court. So shout out Jimmy Butler. We'll talk about them. And then we'll end it with uh, Luke Walton. Should he be uh, canned already? After <laughs> Should he games? be uh, canned? Should he be gone? Uh, but we'll talk about all that before we jump into that. Check out patreon.com slash most valuable podcast. First up, we'll go to Brooklyn, and uh, apparently, like three days ago, our, our girl, Jackie McMullen, reported that the Brooklyn guard net Kyrie Irving was reportedly having mood swings that made the team queasy, and then she went on and talked about, uh, on to ESPN Daily and talked about this with Mina Kimes. Uh, if you haven't checked out ESPN Daily, Mina Kimes is doing a fantastic job. I love Mina. So definitely go check yep. that out. Uh, it's been fantastic, like 20, 20 minutes up episode a day. She goes into a story. It, it's super fun, mm-hmm. uh, and, and she's she's just bubbly, so she's great. Um, but the report likely came to a surprise of no one, considering how Irie, uh, Irving's tenure went with the Celtics. I think that's why everyone assumed it was true. Mm-hmm. But then Kyrie responded. He said, that's the world we live in. People only know a certain percentage of me. And then more about it. He said, human beings have mood swing. I don't have to be perfect for anybody here or for the public. And then another report came out, and this was from The Athletic, done by Joe Varden, who's a great reporter uh, of The Athletic. If you don't have a subscription, definitely think about it if you can't afford it. He's fantastic. But uh, And all the, the writers are fantastic. But uh, he said, the way your actions speak, Kyrie Irving is doing better for the Nets than he ever did in Boston. Kyrie Irving in leadership, now there's an odd pairing. Uh, he's at a stage of his career where he cannot escape the role, even if he wanted to. So he's kind of trying to learn to deal with being a leader, dealing with mood swings. But it's, you know, Joe Varden goes on and talks about how, you know, he he is ready for it. And, and, and he said that true leadership comes from the way your actions speak. The biggest thing, it's not just trying to overemphasize what leadership means all the time and over explaining it in terms, this is me as a leader. Because the tr- truth be told, there is no one, uh, no, there's just not one leader in the locker room. It's a lot deeper when it's a basketball team game, and it's just the realization of that. So he's saying that, you know, it doesn't have to be me being the guy and me yeah. being the LeBron James type of leader. As long as I am, you know, being a good teammate, that's all that matters. And, you know, people do go mo- throw mood things, so let's talk about this. Are you concerned about what's coming out about Kyrie Irving already or this early into the season, and, and where do you stand about Kyrie Irving being a leader? 
So I would be concerned if Kevin Durant was on this team. And the reason why I say that is, in my mind, I'm going to say this one way and then kind of explain it. Kyrie's never been the number one to me on a championship team. In order for a team to be successful, Kyrie's not the number one. And what I mean by that is, think back to the years that were good for Kyrie. He had a guy like LeBron James. You're the best player on this team. I can just go ahead and do me. He didn't have to deal with all the pressures of dealing with the media because it was kind of like you had that LeBron shield well, there. That and Whereas also- Kevin Durant, it's yes, Kevin Durant's different, but Kevin Durant can be the shield from the media because even like KD on first take was like, oh, well, the media doesn't like Kyrie Irving. I think Kyrie Irving does better when he doesn't have to deal with the outside stuff that comes with being the star the number one guy, everything for a team. Something I want to add to that too sure. is going to a team, uh, going to a place like Boston after you went to yes. Cleveland, where Cleveland's just going to give you love because you're winning. Yeah. Where you go to Boston, that's you know title expectations. town. Expectations are higher, and the media mm-hmm. is critical. They're even critical on Tom Brady after he's won you know six Super Bowls for that franchise. God, I yeah. wonder they're how, still going to blast him. I wonder how Kyrie would deal with the Chicago media. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think he'd do too well. Like th- there's certain towns where it's like. The fan bases and the media are their own, like, their own animal. We defended Derrick like, Rose after a whole lot of horrible things. Mm-hmm. Hashtag off the court. So. Yeah, but he was drafted by us. He was homegrown, no, no, just basically. Saying. Just saying, we hold on to our heroes. We idolize a lot. Yeah, I, I, it, Chicago's a little iffy. As long, if you're winning, they don't really give a shit. Um, yep. And I think with at least that, you know, there was the LeBron shield, but I don't think he was getting blasted in Cleveland anyways. Because as long as no, they're winning. I'm saying, like, no, I know, but, but what I'm just saying is like the reason that the media stuff came mm-hmm. out was because they stopped winning in Boston. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. You Which make I a good feel point like that KD could be... KD could be that shield in Brooklyn like LeBron James was in Cleveland. I just worry though if they if they do start losing Dave and, and mm-hmm. obviously you know this is going to be two and know, three they're, start they're going to get a little bit of a, a pass I think this year too just because KD's not there and they you know obviously this is the full Nets team but right. let's say KD comes back and they start losing how would Kyrie be a fit in in Brooklyn because I was listening to that podcast and. Jackie Mack started talking about how this team is all about, you know, making sure that you have everything available to be the best you and, and, and that you need to buy in to be successful there. And it might be tough for three outsiders and DeAndre Jordan, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving to buy into that since they weren't raised in that in that uh, environment where, you know, you look at Spencer Dinwiddie. He came up with that mainly because he finally got his shot yep. a, a, in Brooklyn. Karis LeVert was drafted and put in there. Uh, Karooks was drafted and put in there. Uh, Jared Allen was drafted and put in there. All the guys that are Joe Harris as well. He got his like full full his breakout feet set, yep. uh, in, in, in Brooklyn. Yep. The guys that buy in have, have succeeded. Will Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Jordan, guys that have been in the league for a long time that have you know their routines, will they be able to fit into Brooklyn? That's the question we're asking. So with the media that Ricky pointed out, with Kevin Durant possibly being a shield, do you think that Kyrie Irving can fit into Brooklyn? I I absolutely believe he can be a fit in Brooklyn. I think the biggest thing when it comes down to like fitting in is. I don't think fitting in is what Kyrie Irving does. I think Kyrie Irving stands out, and that's what he's kind of been in his entire career is he wanted to be the guy even though LeBron was there. And again, mm-hmm. you say there was more of a benefit that he had uh, a bigger spotlight on someone else there. Even though he can, he, he kind of reminds me of that little dog that marks mm-hmm. behind a fence at a bigger dog. He's like, you can't touch me. I'm going to be as loud and annoying as possible. And then like the gate opens up, and he's like, what's up? 
<laughs> it's just super quiet. And like that's Kyrie Irving what is the? he's the ego. He's he, he says the right things. He he went on about like flat Earth and all this ridiculous shit just to see if he could. Like I feel like he's just an interesting personality who is going to shine regardless of how you do it. He's not the guy who's going to follow in line, be quiet, mm-hmm. and, and you know shut up and dribble the ball. Yeah. That's not who he is as a person. So asking him to fall in line with this Brooklyn Nets mantra and what got them going last year as a playoff team. I think it's asking for the wrong thing. It's not a shut up and dribble the ball though thing, right? No. Like that's not what we're no, getting. No, they're to. they're not they're not the Patriots. They're not telling mm-hmm. people if you have a personality you're out of town. Yeah. This is just the the way that the Nets won last year was team basketball, was incredible depth, great rotations, using the players you had for what they were able to give you at that time. And this year you have mm-hmm. to see, all right, Kyrie Irving is the guy, so it's how do we work around him? It's no longer how do we coach this team out to be like a 10 deep roster? It's we've got Kyrie here and then we've got, okay, well, let's we get Karis involved. We got to get uh, mm-hmm. Spence in here and then everybody else just kind of falls in line. So for me, it's, it's mostly a, just a coaching challenge of understanding your new talent and figuring out how to put them in the best position cool. to, su- to succeed. Because as a locker room guy, there is definitely going to be that situation where you do have the outsiders mm-hmm. of Kyrie, Kevin and Deandre uh, Jordan there. But like, I'm not really afraid of that because I think Kevin Kevin Durant seems like with him not on the court, he's more pally with guys on the bench. He's getting to know the second unit guys. He's getting to know the guys off the court better than if he's forced to play all his minutes with the first unit. And then mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like it's a good opportunity for this team this year. And you're right, Sean. The expectations aren't there this year. So if they struggle out of the gates, like, you know, right now it's a two and three start. Say they end the season somewhere right around 500. I think most people uh, in the organization are going to be okay with that. It's, mm-hmm. Yes, we'd like to be better. Because imagine if we're this good without Kevin, how good are we going to be with him? But Mm -hmm. if it stumbles a little bit, they've got enough personality in that locker room to keep Kyrie Irving from tearing it asunder and causing to be a locker room cancer and all this other stuff. Well, and I also think of it this way. Like, I almost want to say Brooklyn's going to get a crash course in building a super team. Mm -hmm. Because the last few that we've seen, first the recent one, the Warriors, when KD came in, they're a different like they're a different unit because Clay, Steph, and Draymond, yep. and even uh, Steve Kerr, they built that culture. They had the veterans there to be like, no, this is the culture. And plus, there was even some give, like even with Steph Curry, where it's like, you know what? It's your team. Yep, I'll take a back seat to you, kind of a thing. It was like a very unique environment. But even look at the Miami Heat building that super team with D Wade, LeBron, and Chris Bosh. First off, someone's always got to give. There's always got to be something to give. But, like, look at Miami. That first year, when they ended that first year not winning that title and losing to Dallas, yep. it took something, even the guy like LeBron, to mature as a player. And Eric Spolstra, year one with that Miami team, compared to the last one, was two vastly different people. Eric Spolstra's, yep. where the first year it was kind of like the Big three having a huddle, and Eric Spolstra's trying to say, hey, guys, I'm the coach, I'm the coach. Yeah. To where the last one's like, no, they came to Eric Spolstra because he's the coach. Yep. This year that's going to benefit is Katie not being there. The expect expectations being low, Kyrie and Katie too, but he's got to do it off the court right now, them gelling in without the expectations being high because once they come back next year, it's championship expectations for this team. Yeah. And if they don't meet that, it's going to be a failure in a lot of people's eyes. Mm-hmm. I, I think that they can meet that expectations, though, because from what I heard, 
they were all three of them were really buddy buddy uh, mm-hmm. when they played in the Olympics in 2016. And KD wasn't afraid to call Kyrie Irving out when they weren't even teammates at the yeah. time, like when they just knew started playing each other mm-hmm. uh, at, on the Olympic team. And it seems like they've grown a lot together relationship wise. And I think that they can be like this Miami Heat team, at least when it comes to realizing that they can be friends and they, they, they can trust one another and that they know that they're calling each other out because they know that they can be better than what they are. So I'm not really worried about the chemistry between K- KD and Kyrie. It's just really about the bench stuff. But you bring up a good point, well, Dave, that the thing I just want to throw out there is with both those examples, they each had a player that was grown in that system. Like the Heat still had D Wade that was grown in that system. All three of these guys, like you had mentioned, not from this culture, not from this system. So that's why I think it's got to be, it's crucial that they buy in because anyone else you try to add to this culture, it's like, well, why should I buy in? He's yeah. not buying in. And, and that's that's the thing that I was just going to say is like, it, it, I think it's good that he is bonding with the bench there. And, and if they are able to buy in, and this is going to mm-hmm. be a very successful thing. I, I'm not too worried about the media aspect because the team that's going to get blasted in New York is always going to be the Knicks. And if the Nets are winning, well, good for the Nets. They're, they've always <laughs> been like the, 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 the second, you know, stepchild of that team, mainly because they were in New Jersey for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think that's the biggest thing for this team is if they're winning, no one's really going to look at them poorly. If they make the playoffs here, this year, I think, you know, move on. That's all they need. Yeah. You have Kevin Durant coming. You, you don't really need to win a playoff series or anything mm-hmm. like that. If, if you're out there, you make the playoffs, and this team is just like, all right, well, now we can add a guy that's going to add 10 wins, 15 wins, 20 wins to our team mm-hmm. in Kevin Durant then we're going to be absolutely fine. So if they're winning games, I think that's all that matters. And and I think so far, we've seen Kyrie Irving perform on the court. I mean, he's going out there and he's, he's lighting it up. That oh, first yeah. game was insane uh, that he had. I think he dropped He's 15. given everything. And then, of course, like I think we talked about a little bit, that tragic slip. It's like, mm-hmm. dude, you still, after all that, he still got up a shot and had yeah. a chance. It's insane. Um, but even then, like, you know, he dropped 50 in that game, then 26, 37, 28, 22. Um, you know, he had, he had a couple down games, uh, 40, 40% in that third. 37 game uh, and then 38 percent from the field in the, in that last game against Houston, but that was still a win. Um, so I mean, you know, he's he's been very exciting to watch this year, and it hasn't seemed like it's killed them too much because the losses that they had have two of them were one point losses, and and you know, obviously we talked about the 50 point game that was a slip, and you know, if this team is able to pick it back together, I think this team will be able to string some wins together. Um, you, you know, they're, they're playing some tough teams. Cat was playing phenomenally when they played them. Uh, the, the the Indiana team, I, I I think people are sleeping on them still. And then Houston as well. We obviously talked about how well, good they can be, and they beat them. So, yeah. I mean, it hasn't been like a super easy schedule. So this is a team that's definitely interesting, and I think that I, I think that Kyrie, the fact that this came out right away, it's just unfair to him. Yeah. Like, yeah, people have mood swings. Like, I, I have horrible mm-hmm. mood swings. You guys know that I could be, like, mm-hmm. your best friend and then also be, like, screaming at you. And like, are you mad at me? Yep. Like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a super impatient person. I know yep. that. But, like, you know, at the end of the day, who I am. So, it, 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 overall, I think that it'd be unfair to be like, yo, Kyrie Irving's going to fail because of what happened in Boston. I know that it would be a very easy narrative for me to slip into because mm-hmm. I've pushed that narrative a ton about Boston. But... I think him leaving Boston was best for Boston, and I yeah. think Kyrie leaving that place was also best for Kyrie. So now that he has a fresh start, let's see what he can do with that fresh start. And having a friend in KD could absolutely be huge, as, as along mm-hmm. with DeAndre as well. So I think that so far it's too early to judge if he's going to yeah. be a fit, but everything that I'm hearing outside of that mood swing thing, I, I'm, I'm 
pretty cool with it. I and think to be that, fair, I think like he's got a shot. To be fair, we have come a long way as far as publicly recognizing like mental health and the importance of it, especially in the NBA. When you you know a couple of years ago it was not even a thing, and then it's like okay, let's acknowledge it. It's a problem. It's something that we're going through. It's something that a lot of people are going through. They're just not talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why like mood swings and that stuff is like. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if someone like him was taking, you know, medication to try to balance out these things if they if it was more common than anyone actually thought. So I think it's more accepted now. Like ten years ago, if you said mood swings and whatever, and he's a locker room problem, yeah, he'd get a whole lot more shit for it. Nowadays, I I don't really see it as a well, horrible I mean, thing. Back then, it's like, oh, mood swings. Oh, don't stop being so moody. Yep. Why are you being so Could moody, be a bitch. Dave? Basically, um, I just think the most important thing this year is. The relationship between Katie and Kyrie mm-hmm. is number one that's going to be important because the days in Boston, Kyrie never had someone else to lean on. He never had another vet, even like with Gordon Al Horford. Hayward. I'm okay, Al Horford, but I mean like the professional veteran. somebody who's like out there and it's like Kyrie was number one. He never had an equal, I'm going to say, where Al Horford was good, but Al Horford isn't on the same level. As okay. Kyrie is stardom, where yeah. Kevin Durant is, if not higher than higher. Kyrie, hundred ten percent higher. Um, yeah, but I mean, because of that, they can gel together, and that's how do they? They need to buy into this culture because if they don't, yep, it ain't gonna work. It ain't gonna work if they don't buy into the culture with the nuts. If you guys just heard that sputtering noise, yeah. that's Dave's water bottle. Yeah, I um, noticed. Oh, I, you I didn't did, know what it was. I did as well. Okay. I'm just pointing it out to the people who might not have known oh, okay. that that's Dave's water bottle going. Yikes! Got to do it in the mics so they can all hear it. Please don't do it in the mics. I can't help it. We've been in this room for five hours. Final topic or final question is. Is there anything that's jumping out to you that is a major concern about this Nets team? Because so far, for me, I haven't seen anything jumps out. This is just a team that's played six games so far, five games so far. And I think this is a team that, you know, they're adding a star. They have to get their feet wet. Let's see what they're doing in a month. No, for the most part, they're doing okay. Uh, Karras a little turnover heavy right now, uh, but he's also playing in a different role than he was when he Mm -hmm. picked up last year. Uh, Joe Harris still needs to get more involved in this offense. Um and probably the last one is just they they need to sure up their rotations just a smidge. Uh, they've been kind of bouncing around players, and I, I'd like to see them keep shooting on the court more often. They, I feel like they put themselves in situations where Kyrie is the only guy who can create it on the floor at times, and that's like we can do better. We can do better. I think it's too early to call. Like if this was an election, I would say too early to call because it's like we're only five games yeah. in. Kevin Durant's not even going to play this no, year. Come back to me at the end of the year. Like, I don't even think... You're just washing the whole year. No, no, no. It's not a wash of the year. It's Don't say come back at the come, end of the year, then. No, no, no. I mean that by come back at the end of the year of, I don't expect them to miss the playoffs, mm-hmm. but let me see the result before I make that decision kind of a thing. Because unless this team is like, by the trade deadline, there's 20% chance they make the playoff, then okay, we can have that discussion. But until then, like, two and three after five games... Not a big deal. Let's see what's going on middle of the season and especially after the season because the big thing is when KD comes back, how this team performs. Let us know what you think about the Nets down in the comments below. 
Do you think that they're in trouble? Do you think they're not in trouble? Do you think Kyrie's a fit? Do you think he's not going to be a fit in Brooklyn? Let us know what you think down in the comments below. I think they treated him a little bit unfair uh, because it was only like three games. But uh, let us know what you think down in the comments below. But now let's move into our favorite weekly segment where we talk about the dampest of dudes, the soggiest of shooters, the moistest of men. This is Wet Boys, where we go around the NBA and give props to the guys that absolutely balled out in the past week, had historic performances, or guys that, you know, we just like and we want to give credit to. Last year, uh, the Wet Boy of the Year was uh, a good old James Harden. You're welcome. Uh, You're every, welcome. Everybody loves him uh, in the regular season. Dave stand him all the way there. In the playoffs, Stephen Kawhi tied. And then in 2017-2018, LeBron James was the king, both of the regular season and playoffs. Yep. Last week, I was out, but we did give it to uh, Derek Rose because uh, Ricky's a homer and a boomer. Uh, and, and, and Dave gave it to Carl Anthony Towns for lighting it up. And I gave it to my guy, P.J. Washington. For so we'll go one game. Huh? For having one game. He set an NBA record. We've seven, given, seven threes in the debut. Yep. That's that's a story. We've that's given wet boy one worthy. Wet boys oh, yeah. I've given one half wet boys before. It's okay. We've also given out dry dudes to yep. Magic Johnson and the NBA refs. <laughs> but let's jump into the guys that we want to give credit to. This week, we'll start off with Ricky Whitmer. Who was your wet boy of the week? No, mine, I almost went with someone else that we'll get to later, but I had to go with B.I. Brandon Ingram's been lighting it up for the Pelicans. Bad team, but hey, he is going to get paid this offseason if he continues to play like this. Had to give him his due. I don't think this is his first ever wet boy, but it is his no. first ever wet boy this year. True, true. It's going to be the the fact for a lot of people. Yeah. It's a lot of people's Early first season, wet boys. It's going to happen a lot. Uh, but yeah, definitely not B.I.'s first. I love uh, B.I. Uh, if, if you didn't take him, I would have, and I feel like it's probably likewise because I and, took Luka Doncic. And that's who I was going to take yeah. if you did So one way or the other, we're recognizing the guys we want to. I um, also wanted to take Luka Doncic. Luka, Luka's pretty good at basketball. I want to say people may start catching on to that fact that you know maybe he should have been number one pick. But I don't know. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not judging on the past. But what I can tell you this year is that he's doing a little bit of everything. Uh, dropped a triple-double. Uh, one of the coolest stats of the year uh, was we had the youngest and oldest triple-double. Uh, not youngest and oldest in the same game, but like the I think it was a 30-10-10 or something like that. It was, was the, the first line. time two guys have ever put up triple-doubles in the same game of uh, with 15 or more assists. So it was Luka and uh, LeBron go. both put up triple-doubles with 15 or more assists. Yeah, it was disgusting numbers. He messed around and got a triple-double. Yeah, they, they both had great games. Uh, Luka's just been amazing all season, though. Uh, the addition of KP has been huge for this team. And I love it. I love it. This Mavs team is scary AF. I've Lucas, also looked it up. Yeah, Lucas' first ever. Uh, f- Lu- this is Lucas' fourth ever wet boy, and Brandon mm-hmm. Ingram's first ever wet boy. That's oh. what I was gonna say. It is yeah. his first that's, ever wet boy. Was, that's what I was. That's what I was gonna yeah. say. You I'm beat surprised. Me that's you what we said. I'm surprised late in the year last year I didn't give it to him when he was on no. that heater of a roll. I was like, yeah, no. damn, he, he might have got. Not, he, I think he got honorable shoutouts though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, let's move into my guy, and uh, this is a guy that had three last year and then got injured. Was starting to look like the wet boy of the year uh, that year, and then. Well, and then uh, in 2017-2018, uh, he was second place. So all time, he had seven going in, and now this is his eighth. This is a guy that I absolutely adore, and I, I love seeing what he's been doing out there. Anthony Davis, 30 points per game in the past four games. In all four victories for the Los Angeles Lakers, that's a big part of mine. If you're winning games, you're getting a wet boy. 30 points per game, 12 total boards throughout those four games, three blocks per game uh, in those four games as well, 48% from the field, and 95% from the line. Ricky, you're going to love this, especially in the game Mm -hmm. from October 29th against the Memphis Grizzlies. AD was more than dominant. He was going to the bucket. He was brutalizing Jonas Valanciunas and Jaron Jackson. He went to the line 
27 times and made 26 of them. He was a stud, 40 and 20. I think there was also a a, a stat that was thrown out there as well uh, by Bill Simmons that he was the first guy since Wilt to go to the line like 27 times and put up more than 40 points. Uh, And that was Wilt's 100-point game. So I think it was uh, guys with 40 or more points with 20 boards and going to the line that much. The last guy to do it was Wilt when he put up 100. So this was historic from Anthony Davis. Awesome to see him bounce back like that. And he's been been great over the past four games. wasn't super great in that first Clipper game, but so far, the past four games, him and Bron have been clicking, and yep. it's been fun to watch. So, uh, not against the best of opponents. You have a Memphis game in there, you have a Hornets game in there, but you go Don't against sleep Dallas. Don't on the Hornets, man. You go against Dallas, and Dallas has been pretty good throughout this entire Dallas year. Dallas lost that game. The, the oh, Lakers didn't win it. They did. They 100% did, but they still won that game in yep. overtime. In the they, they, t- they, t- they yeah. took over that game in overtime as well. Um, Anthony Davis wasn't great in that game. That was more of a LeBron game. But uh, the Memphis game was absolutely an AD game, uh, so you got to give a love for him for that. So that was our wet boys uh, for the week. So we got a, a first-timer in Brandon Ingram. We got a, a guy that... Was traded for Brandon Ingram, getting his eighth uh, mm-hmm. all-time. Then Luka Doncic Winners all getting his fourth. Yeah, so super fun to see. And uh, that, that is Wet Boys. But let's jump into the Wet Boy League of our fantasy league in, in ESPN. Uh, right now, we are the sixth team in that league. Sean, you got to do some math live on the teams. show for us? <laughs> no, why? Oh, because usually you read out, like, we're the, oh, yeah, this yeah. number and this stat. We'll we're see. really good at free throw percentage, well, steals, hold on, blocks, Hold on, you're points. jumping the host here. I didn't even give what's going on. We're six out of 16. We got yeah. 75 points here. Jesus Christ, <laughs> let me do my good, stuff. I'm just saying what we're good at. Okay, well, let's go through the actual part. Uh, we're oh, right now, try this. we are... <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> we are, honestly, like last week when Ricky went to us, I was like, it's not so. I need. I, I, think I miss Sean I think trying to read off stats live. It's, it's easier because there's 16. Yeah. So so it's better than 14. 10, so yeah. right now we are 10th uh, out of 16 teams in field goal percentage. Oh, pretty good. In free throw percentage, we are second of 16. Then three-point percentage, we are uh, ninth. Uh, mm, of, we have a nine in three points made. Don't tell him about this because this would make his life easier. By the way, what? What are you? <gasps> no, you just what click is it? on the column. It tells you. <laughs> yeah, click on the column. Yeah. What are you talking about? So we're seventh. We're seventh. Oh, we're seventh. No, it doesn't say one, seventh. Two, though. three, four, five, six. Oh, I'm seven, sorry, that, eighth. I'm sorry. Yeah, eighth, yeah we're eighth. Yeah, you don't even know. You don't even know. The Shut seven, up, Dave. That's no, the, the thing I don't close. like about yeah. ESPN. They should every time you click the column, they should redo the numbers. Yeah, they keep your overall number with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but I mean, it's just easier to count them that way. Yeah. yeah. So eight, we're eighth in uh, three points mm-hmm. made. Rebounds, we are second to last, so we're we are fifteenth of sixteen. We, we don't like big, yeah, that's bad. big tall people. Uh, assists, we are. Oh God, I think it's eight again. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, of nine. It, yeah, it's eight uh, of, of sixteen. Uh, steals, we are doing pretty well. Uh, we are one, two, three, four, five, six, sixth of. Uh, uh, of 16. God damn it. This is so much pressure. Uh, in blocks, we do apparently like big men because we are uh, fifth in blocks. Evan points. Uh, we are, fuck, sixth? Yep, One, same two, as three, steals. four, five, six, six. Uh, <laughs> but we have lost 10 points in the past couple days, but we don't think we had anyone playing yesterday, uh, which is going to hurt us. But uh, we got Dame going tonight, I believe. We got Michael Porter Jr. He had a debut last night. Yeah, he, he looked did. good. Uh, Jeremy Grant is going tonight. Ursan Ilyasova, who we picked up. We dropped Eric Gordon. Who'd been uh, booty to start the season. Brooke Could have Lo- had Aaron Baines. Brooke Lopez in there and Devontae Graham playing who got, tonight. Who, who got Aaron, Aaron Baines? Because was it the guy who's reading our minds? No. In the back? Uh, oh, is yeah. It? Let's see. Uh, so let's see what the action was here. The guy who picked him up was... Uh, 
Team Blah. Yeah, it was not Team Blah. Team Blah was not Rear Mind. Mm-hmm. Mo Bamba okay. available. King was. E King was. Yeah, E King was. Yeah. But Team Blah picking up. Were you interested Bainty. in Mo Bamba? Mo Bamba was dropped. Mm. I mean, we need rebounds and he's getting four a game. That's why we picked <laughs> up uh, Ursani Lisova. Because he's getting like seven. Yeah. Mm. So it was threes and he's, he's rebounds, man. Bo okay. is getting. I don't want Boban. Yeah, Boban. Boban is getting seven a game. So is uh, Dorian Why are you saying Finley? it like that? Boban. No one says Boban. Boban. Dorian Finley-Smith is also getting about six points. See, I could see like game. maybe a Myers Leonard. Who did you there? say? Dorian Finney-Smith. Oh, I thought you said Finley. He did was... the first two times. <laughs> Dumbass. I'm, I'm going I'm to give him the call um, on that one. All right. Well, I guess there's no really additions we, we need to Myers be making. Myers Leonard, former fighter. I think right now we're okay. He's trash. I think right now we are okay. I mean, Kawhi not playing a game The only guy I would be interested sucked. in would be Prince Forbes. Forbes is available. Yeah, he's back in, but we're, we're we're solid on threes. I thought we're you know middle of the pack. We need rebounding, mm-hmm. so we made that one change. Eric Gordon, who was having a horrible shooting season, yeah. horrible contributions so far to the Rockets. Like really, just a rough start for him. Hopefully, he gets back on track, but don't got time for that shit. So I, I'm honestly most excited just to see like where is this team gonna go because we did have Kawhi with a DNP already. Mm-hmm. Like we chose this for ourselves, so we're gonna have to see how this plays out. We do hey, have the sleeper on the bench in uh, Victor Oladipo. So I'm not too worried. I mean, we were. We, it's too early in the season to actually see where we're at. Right. And if we lose, we're not actually losing money, but we're having fun. A couple so. quick shout-outs, though. DeMontis Sabonis uh, with Miles Turner being out. He's been playing phenomenal. Even with Miles Turner in there, he was having some good games. But, like, mm-hmm. he really showed up uh, in his past game. So if you guys went high on DeMontis Sabonis, you are thrilled right now. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think of anybody else who had, like, some great performances lately who we didn't... Not a wet boy shout-out, yeah. but just a, just a shout-out for general performance. Uh, Andre Drummond had 25 and 24. Yeah, he's been... So. And he's been doing really well. Yeah, like, so that's, he had, like, the 30-20 game, and mm-hmm. now this. Yeah, so Drummond, Drummond's been one of those guys yeah. as well. I uh, just also want to shout-out Top Cats, who's currently the leader with 100 points. Brad Stevens' army just missed out. He, uh, he, he had uh, 99 points. But uh, shout-out to Tristan, uh, who's currently at the top of the leaderboards uh, with 100 points. Sean, should we go after your boy and Goga? I thought about it. It's getting with, about one point seven out. blocks per game. But but the thing is, is that that's going to be a very limited ad. So it's really, do we pick him up and then possibly lose a guy in Ilya Silva who's going to get consistent minutes yeah. on that team? Yeah. So right now we're fine. It's too early in the season to actually tell. But uh, let us know if there's any changes that we should be making to our team. Uh, uh, should we read off the team or just yeah? Let's yeah. read off the team. Let's read just off the team quick. just All just right. just so because I don't because it seems pretty new. Mm-hmm. So let's read out the team. So if anyone does want to help us out. Yep. Uh, we got Damian Lillard, we got uh, Victor Oladipo, we got T.J. Warren, we got Landry Shamet, we got Otto Porter Jr., we got Michael Porter Jr., we got Jeremy Grant, we got Mitchell Robinson, Dejounte Murray, Ursan Ilyasova, Kawhi Leonard, Brooke Lopez, and Devonta Graham. So if you guys have any ad- ideas, uh, our best player available right now is uh, is Bryn Forbes. Maybe we add him over uh, Landry Shamet, but that's the only idea that I, I would have. But we'll we'll talk about it. We'll figure it out. We'll make some moves. But let us know what you think of our team down in the comments below. But let's jump into the next topic. I'm going to go down south. We're going to take our town to South Beach. We're going to talk about the 4-1 Miami Heat. This Heat team, so far second in the Eastern Conference, only behind the uh, undefeated uh, 76ers. Shout out, Jake. Um, And they've been playing very well, and they did this without their superstar that they went out and got. They traded Josh Richardson to sign and trade Jimmy Butler. 
Butler didn't play in the first three games. It was inactive, and they beat Memphis. They beat the Bucks in Milwaukee, and then they lost to Minnesota by seven. But then Jimmy came back, played 30 and 35 minutes against Atlanta, two games uh, on, on the 29th and 31st. And Jimmy, first game, really good. 21 points, five boards, two assists, three steals. And then he threw up a clunker of a game when he went two of 10, but he had 11 assists, six steals, three blocks, and nine boards, and was a plus 21. So... Pretty successful so far for, for Jimmy clunker, Butler. Yeah, it's pretty good game in, in South Beach. It was at least shooting, yeah, uh, and this nah, team is four and one. So the topic now is, how good is this team? Is this team going to be a contender in the East? I don't think any of us had them as a top three seed, but we did have them all in the playoffs, I believe. Yep. But this wasn't a team that was like you know, oh, they're going to be with the Sixers and Bucks. Where right now they are. So where do you think this team can be? Are the Miami Heat for real in 2019 2020? 110%. Like, I am the only person that even had them winning a playoff series in our prediction. So that's why I'm a little uh, feeling good about myself. Also, Dave and I, when we talked overreactions last week, we kind of talked about could this team be a top three seed with Jimmy Butler coming back? And they're showing it. The thing that I love most is like what you said Jimmy don't need to be Jimmy. Jimmy can have an off night. Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, Goran Dragic dropping 25 against Milwaukee off the bench. Goran, I'm no six-man Dragic. Exactly. (laughs) Goran coming for Lou Will like the plague Dragic. Um, I don't know why I threw like the plague in there. That was so stupid. I just started rolling with it. Get away from it. Get away from it. We're working with stuff. It's a work here. That was awful. Bam Adebayo, how he has played, especially defensively on some of those like trails where it's like, oh, easy layup. No, Bam Adebayo there. Also, Bam passing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like the dude's got the tools. This team Shout is, is going to make yeah, some noise in the East this year, in I the week East this year. <laughs> you should be a scout because Miami totally needs that. No, I'm just, no, I'm just, I'm just saying. I've been pretty you know, good on these Dave's calls. Dave's good at guys. So, hey, I've been pretty good. We all have our hits. I, I hit on P.J. Washington. Remember uh, remember Ricky talking about Justice Winslow and the redraft should be number one overall? Justice yeah. Winslow Yikes. playing hell point yeah. guard, which go fuck yourself, people, who were like, <laughs> whoa, Justice Winslow is not a point whoa, guard on this team. Jesus Dave being Christ. aggressive. Well, you, uh, to be fair, you cop back <laughs> and you're like, we understand this lineup's probably not going to happen because Goran Dragic is probably going to start at point guard. And I'm like, don't walk that back. No. We understood what they were going to do, and we told you, and you guys didn't want to hear it at the time. Mm-hmm. It's okay, though, because Justice came through, opened the season by mm-hmm. booting in the door with a 27-7-7, dropping LeBron out there to open the season. His numbers have receded back to about where they you know, were expected to be mm-hmm. now that everybody's back, but really the big surprise out of this team is just Kendrick Nunn. Yeah. Um, Doing what, what he did in Summer League, but in the regular season. What an absolute stud hashtag on the court. Um, yep. he has Gotta been, he's been doing everything for them. And it's really impressive because we all looked at Tyler Hero as like, this kid's, you know, basically going to be just their offensive X factor. He is mm-hmm. how they're going to get their buckets this season with no Josh Richardson out there. Where are they going to get defensively? Their three point scoring. And instead you combine, you know, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn out there for amazing performances night in and night out. Uh, even their big spacing, you mentioned Bam, but Myers Leonard's played pretty well. Kelly. Oh, like they just seem to have. All the you know we talked about it, like they're the team of the 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 B plus players. They they got no you know standout yeah. stud, but they're all pretty good, so they're not bad enough to fail. And it's like, man, they're all just hitting on the right nights and at the right times. And I really love the balance and the work ethic and the defense by them is just oh, they are going hard and every here, night. And here and, and and here's the thing that I want to say about that. Yeah. Why do you think it's all clicking? Oh. Is there is there is there a reason why all of these people might be coming together? Why? The coach. 
And all the people that were saying that Eric Spolstra isn't a top 10 coach in our comments when we ranked the, mm-hmm. the, the coaches, get the fuck out of our mentions. Yep. You're wrong. Yep. Also, I just want to say, I said I was wrong about Bam Adebayo, but guess what? I had him the highest out of all three of us. So shout out me. I'm a genius. I had him at 18. You had him at 23. You had him at 23. I'm so good at this. Maybe I should be the scout here. Sean, but, if you uh, remember what happens to players I like. They what? do really well. Uh, no, no, I, oh. I, I go really poor on them by the time the yeah. draft comes around. Anyways, I'm still right. No, I'm this is for this year. This is for this no, year. I'm just saying. This is for oh, our okay. rankings this yeah, year yeah. for centers. Gotcha. I had them six spots higher than you nice. guys. Um, but Good yeah, call. no, we, we had uh, Eric Neither Spolstra. Neither of us had Eric Spolstra in the top 10. What? Yeah. Uh, Dave had 11 and you and I had 13. What the fuck? Yeah, neither of us had him in the. That's why I was like, I don't think Sean trying to go hard at fans right now. No, we did not this year. What's wrong with us? We're stupid. Yes, Yes, we're idiots. Last year we had him. I had him at five. Yeah, and you had him at six, and Dave had him at six. I am the top five coach last year. Well, we're stupid. (laughs) Guess what? Get back in our mentions and call us idiots because we're wrong. (laughs) Yep, Spolster's a great coach, and we're stupid. Uh, We're. Good Absolutely. Thing you, good moronic. thing you didn't drop the hard fuck you like Dave because you that's can't true. back down from the fuck you like that. But yeah, I was right. I can 100% back out of that. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> I apologize. I'm a moron. There you go. But I, I, I do wonder how this team's going to look with Jimmy because I think the most shocking thing was seeing the 12 assists from Jimmy. Not that he's a bad passer, but I don't but think he's ever had that many assists in a game. Running an offense through Jimmy the way they did was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I oh. mean, it's, it's one of the things we talked about. Jimmy is one of those guys who has evolved his role from team to team to team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the Bulls, he started up as a defensive stopper. I remember him playing like 48 minutes and yeah. like not taking a shot. And then, you know, as time grew on, like he became their three option, or the, he started as a four option, then their three. And then he eventually worked his way up due to injuries and other things on that team mm-hmm. to being like their scorer. And that was great. He goes to the Wolves. And now he's a leader. Now he's got to, you know, get these young kids in shape because they're slacking and they should be a playoff team. And he carried, he did a carry job, injured at the end of that year to get them into the playoffs. Goes over to the Sixers. And guess what? He's a wild card. He's mm-hmm. like, look, I will be whatever you need me to be for three quarters. Yeah. And then that fourth quarter comes on and I got you. Hey, Brett. Now on the, and, hey, Brett, how we how about we call better play, Brett? Now, now <laughs> we go to the Heat. And what is he? Well, and that's the interesting thing, too, is because uh, I was looking back. Last time he had more than uh, – he had double digits in assists uh, in a game was 2016-2017. I kind of forgot that he had a run where he had uh, – in Chicago, 10 assists, 10 assists, 11, 11, 12, 12, 12, and 14 in a game. And then in 2016-2017, 12 assists, 11 assists, 10 assists, 10 assists, 10 assists, 10 assists. So, I mean, he's hit that mark before, and it's just yeah. been, I guess, a while since he's been in that role to rack up that many assists in a game. So I think we're kind of seeing a little bit more of the old Jimmy Butler where he doesn't have to be the guy. He doesn't have to be the guy on the Minnesota team. He doesn't have to be the veteran on the uh, on the Sixers. He can go in there and play Jimmy's game because I think we saw the best Jimmy in Chicago. Yeah. We saw mm-hmm. Jimmy that was pretty much carefree, that was going out there and just doing what Jimmy Butler could do. Yep. And maybe he didn't put up the best numbers because I think he probably was just more efficient in, in Minneapolis, if I, if I remember correctly. Um, he probably had his best career year statistically. Probably. Um, in in Miami, I think his most efficient, or in Minnesota, his most efficient year though, I think was then in uh, in in uh, Philadelphia last year. Um, but I think overall his best year was that 2016-2017, and, and at least scoring wise, it was 23 points per game, 6.2 boards, 5.5 assists. That's the most assists he's had uh, in, in, throughout his career, um, and, and that's the most points he's put up as well. And he shot 45 and 36 from three there. So. 
I mean, the efficiency is obviously not there yet, but it's been two games, so I'm not going to bash him for that. But I think we might see more of the old Chicago Jimmy Butler in this role because he can be the guy. It's kind of like when D. Rose was was not there. He was the only star out there, and they have a lot of great players that could play a lot of roles. And this team might be a team that is top four in the Easter Conference. And I think it'd be tough to say that they're not real because all the stuff that I'm seeing— Kind of fits in. The only thing that I might say is not real is the Kendrick Nunn stuff. I don't think he's going to put up 22 points a game, and that's I think that's just fair because he's never done that before. But that's not saying he can't be a good scorer on this yeah. team. I just don't know if he'll put up 22 a night. I mean, that's that's the thing. It's like, he's done it for how many straight games? Like, at some point, you're yeah. like, when's this kid going to fall off? And I get it. He's not a kid. He's, he's like 24 right now, I think. But I, I really just am impressed by their ability to find the guys with the right mentality on the court the guys who will put in the work ethic and they just plug them into the right situations and it's just athletic you know mid-size wings and then you just had in the right outside shooting like Myers Leonard low-key great pickup for this mm-hmm. team as I far as their Myers. spacing like it, he helps them out so much Bam why do you love Myers why do you love Myers yeah, Leonard oh, Illinois. Illinois there we go that was, I knew there was like, a I know I know I know that he's on the line but he's not good yeah, but he's one of us. You always got to stick with. You're, you didn't go to Illinois. Yeah, he's. I'm an Illinois he wrote about fan. It, though. I'm an Illinois fan. He he was a, he was a writer yeah. for Illinois. Eh. I mean, that's that's a stretch. Nice one. Of, I I am the consummate fan. Like, if you're one of us, you're one of us. You didn't even watch the Wisconsin game. What? You didn't even watch. The I Wisconsin was here game. doing this. How much? How big of a fan are you? Myers. I DVR all the games. Myers Leonard probably watched the game. Anyways. Um, I don't know. The Myers Leonard stuff, like, yes, it gets stretched the floor, but I like Kelly Olenek better. I like Bam better. Like, oh, it's, yeah. it's Kelly another guy. A level intensity. I don't want to give you know, Myers Leonard a shout out for his five points per game. No, he had a, he had a good game against Atlanta. Like that was Gor- that was the thing. Goron, he, he pooped on him hard. Goron, Justice, uh, Kendrick Nunn, I think can be put in that category. Uh, Bam, Jimmy, uh, Tyler, Tyler, yeah, Tyler Hero. Um, I, I think those guys are, are are the core of this team. I think I'm forgetting too uh, another player. Um, I, I don't want to miss anybody out, but. Uh, uh, bunch of twos, basically. Um, yeah, they got ones and twos you know, and some undersized. You know, I hit everybody. It's it's yeah. it's uh, Kelly, Goron, Kendrick, Tyler Hero, Bam, Butler, and and Winslow, and those are the guys that I think are going to be the core of this team. And I think that is a pretty decent core because I think with how thin the Eastern Conference is, yep, having a guy like Jimmy who might be able to prove now to me that he is a number one yep. uh, on a team, and with all these guys that are pretty depth. I think this is a team that, with the coaching of Eric Spolstra that we missed out on, uh, could be a top-four team in the Eastern Conference. They're scary because they also are switchable on defense. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no game plan to, like, oh, we can really attack this guy on this team because they can switch basically, like, one through four without a problem. And even in some situations, you know, the fives can move in the right position. So it's just one of those exciting teams because I didn't expect them all to click at the same time. I knew individually they all had talent, but... You know, is it like how's it gonna come together on this team without you know the 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 game plan? But Spolstra has the game plan is what we're seeing right now, yeah. and they're they're getting the most out of these young kids. Well, so, all of them could shoot too, and that's, like, that's the thing is like you know it's not like they're gonna be like a bad three point shooting team. Everyone can shoot, and they might have some streaky nights, but Butler can shoot, Nunn can shoot, mm-hmm. Hero can obviously shoot, Goran could shoot, uh, Olenek can shoot. So uh, Winslow been able to uh, improving shooter as well. So it's like, and we haven't even seen Dion Waiters because yeah. he's now back on the team. I, I don't, I, I don't. If know. he keeps his mouth shut, he may stay on the team. <laughs> I agree with you that I don't know what his their weaknesses is, and that's I think that's the most exciting part. The thing I like too is what Dave was saying about their mentality. 
and how they think about the game. That's what it I all wish fe- we had. It all feeds into how Jimmy Butler. Like I look at the young guys on this team and like how I almost feel like I want to use the word underdog, but not really underdog. Like they have that chip, mentality the, the of no like, one believes the in us. Chip on their shoulder, yeah. And that's how Bill that's, Simmons always put it. Which 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 is the team that is thinking no one believes in us. And in that's what Jimmy room. has always like. Jimmy didn't like it in Minnesota. Because in my sense, it always he kind of felt like Wiggins was entitled. Cat didn't give they were entitled um, the babies. effort. Um, we're in Miami. He's seeing guys that are like, hey, I've had to work to get here. I'm going to work to keep going. And Jimmy's like, this is what I fucking yeah. like. And you like probably, he's sitting there on the bench going, yeah. And yeah, I know this you is always my team. love bringing this, this up, is my too. Team. But this is a team that even before Jimmy came, like this was the team trying to you know have the body fat percentage uh, you know, oh, stuff. I mean, they're they're working their ass off to have like their best bodies out there to, to to make sure that they're you know fully conditioned. The fact that James Johnson, a veteran on this team, did not pass the physical test for this team to start the season was hilarious because like yeah, there's no free passes, man. Yeah. Like we don't care how long you've been on this team, how long you've been doing it, your ass better be right by the time you show up to sh- to work. Yeah. And, and, and it he's was about hilarious. To, and he's about to join the team too, and he's another guy that you know if he is conditioned, one of the strongest guys in the league. Lo- yeah, he's he's super fun to watch. Yeah, he's and got he's, a bunch of tools too. An, another versatile player. So uh, if there is uh, a, a weakness, how, how do you beat this team? Yep. Uh, I think I think you have to shut how down. How they lost so far? I mean, that's. I think you have to shut down Jimmy. I think that would be the way. I mean, Jimmy wasn't on the team when the, 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 wasn't mm-hmm. with the team when they lost. Yeah. So I, I think that when it, it comes to the playoffs, cat going off. Well, yeah. I think Wiggins when it comes to the playoffs, off. Wiggins need, at twenty five. Oh, that, that was game. true. Yeah. Yeah. So I, Wiggins at twenty five, cat at twenty three. You need two guys to go off. Mm-hmm. Well, That's I, I don't know if, if about that, but he get twenty one. Yeah. I think if, get twenty one. I think too. if you have a balanced team and you have yeah. a guy, if, if you could shut down. Uh, Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. then I think you can win that game. And I think the teams that can do that would be a healthy Indiana where you can play bigs down low and, and, and at least give them trouble where Miles Turner can stretch the floor and then DeMontis Simonis can still work with, with, with against Bam. Yep. And then you have Victor Oladipo who can go one for one for Jimmy Butler and either when healthy can uh, either trade buckets with him mm-hmm. or possibly shut him down. And then you have... I- I think they're pretty even. Yeah. No, they are. But I'm yeah. saying like a guy who can either trade oh, buckets who can. with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, who could trade buckets with him or defensively, since he is so good defensively, possibly shut him down. I mean, yeah. Jimmy can do the same thing again, but you know, maybe a team like that, and then obviously you have to throw out Philadelphia because they have Joel who could take over a game and they have the defense to go along with it in in, in Josh yeah. Richardson who could possibly slow down uh Butler. So I, I think those are and I mean Milwaukee, like can Milwaukee beat this team? That's um, I'm just like, saying. It, 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 I think it would it's, take a Giannis we're, we're carry excited. job, right? Yeah. No, and that's the thing. Like Giannis always has that in the tank. Like the the funny thing about him is, is you know, yes, as a team, they're probably weaker, you know, from top to bottom. But you have that Giannis bonus. You have Chris Mid can perform pretty well as a secondary mm-hmm. guy, but Giannis just has that extra gear. To date, we, we've seen him pull it out, most notably against teams like the 76ers, but. Mm-hmm. I think there's no reason that he couldn't have a similar performance against the well, Heat. And how in many the times? Have we, how, what did we see last year? How did you beat the Bucks? You let everybody but Giannis beat you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You, or you let uh, you let Giannis beat you pretty much. Like you shut down everybody oh, else, and yeah. and you let Giannis do what Giannis does. But you you make sure that Chris Middleton goes cold. You make sure that Eric Bledsoe goes cold. And I think this yeah. team can do that. I mean, the Bucks really 
earned a lot of success off wide open looks on threes. I think they mm-hmm. led the league in it last year. They had a great shooting percentage as well. And if you can clamp down on those outside shooters, then yeah, that puts them in trouble. Yeah. So final thoughts on the Heat. I think they're for real in, in 2019-2020. It's only been five games, but yeah. I, I don't see a way that this team falls off from what they're doing. They have a great culture. Oh, they, they start have, shooting a little worse. <laughs> they, they have a they have a coach that's going to stay on their ass, and yeah, they're going to shoot you know worse, and they're going to lose some games. They're not going to only lose yeah. one game, but I you think th- for, you think for, they're a top four team real, in the East. I, I think they're a top four team in the East. If nice. they hit 50 wins, I wouldn't be shocked. But I think they'll be around at least over 46 wins this year. I know it's a Michigan thing. I know it's uh, a Jawan Howard thing. Who is now at Michigan as the head coach. But like he said, when they have Fab Five making their run, we going to shock the world. That's what the Heat are going to do. Top three team, possibly top five in the East this year. A.K.A. top four team in the East. Yeah, what the f- – it was such a weird thing to say. Top three, we, maybe top I just five. Think that yeah. We going to shock the for world because sure nobody three, had them Maybe the top. top five. Yeah. I mean, they. I could see them top five for sure. Potentially <laughs> top three team in the East. <laughs> Because, no, think about the no, top it's, three it's teams. No, it's the way you no, said it, No, it's Ricky. the way you oh, said it. It's not okay. what you're saying, because I said top four, and you're like, they could be a top five, maybe even a top three. I said well, Ricky, top three, then what, top what, five. If you add up five and three, that's eight. If you divide it by two, that's four. Where, where's the middle they at? They could be a top four team. Where's that middle number at? Yeah, no. Dave, do you think they could be a top maybe two or top six team? Oh, definitely a top two or six team. Like, it's one oh, or the other, I definitely. I hate you guys sometimes. Uh, <laughs> you deserve it. <laughs> yeah, I... I as long as everybody stays healthy. For me, that's mm-hmm. the thing. I, I get their conditioning is, you know, crazy. They do everything they can to stay in the best shape. But, like, if Goran has an injury like he did last year where he misses a considerable chunk of time, I'd be concerned because him off the bench is the biggest thing that helps this team succeed. It's There's no drop-off from that first unit to the second unit as far as they're scoring. Defensively, they're great on multiple levels, but it's really the ability to have that leading guard off the bench be as talented as a... Remember, this is a former All-Star. He was an All-Star over Ben Simmons. Jake, looking at you. Shout out, Goran. Um, I just, it, not every team has the ability to carry on with their second unit. I feel like you know their first unit might not be as good as someone like the Sixers, but guess what? When you hit that second unit, it's like you're going from here to here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, There's not a massive drop-off like there is for teams who don't have that depth. So I love them because of their depth. Let us know what you think of the Heat down in the comments below. We think they're going to be a playoff team. I think that they're definitely probably going to be at least at worst in that 4-5 matchup. But this is a team that could cause problems to some of the better teams. I think Philly might have the advantage over them. But going up against every other Eastern Conference team in the playoffs, they have the ability to win a seven-game series. So let us know what you think of this team down in the comments below. Uh, Are they for real in the Eastern Conference? And we did just have a positive segment, but unfortunately we have to go negative now with Luke Walton. But let's move into the final topic, and that is the Sacramento Kings. After being such a promising team last year, we thought they would improve. They got rid of Dave Yeager, who apparently is an asshole um, because he's gotten fired from Memphis and now Sacramento, even though he's been winning. And now they hire Luke Walton. Expectations were high. We thought this team would grow. And now they're 1-5. in Through six games, this team has pretty much been the worst team in the NBA. They have the largest point differential at negative 14. They're scoring 99.2 points per game, 113 uh, points per game allowed. They did get a win last night against the Jazz in a 102-101 victory, but so far it has been a bad sight in Sacramento, and that leads to the question of the biggest change made this offseason was Luke Walton. It's been six games. It might be an overreaction, but Ricky, should the Kings look to fire Luke Walton? 
after six games? Like, really, we're going to fire a guy after? Like, I get that the we had on Superfans the discussion of will the Bulls fire Jim Boylan, but with Jim Boylan, we've seen a whole year and now a little bit. With Luke Walton, it's like he just got hired. Like, are we really going to fire a guy, not even after six games, are you really going to fire a guy halfway through his first year? Because the only yes. guy I know to do that were the Cleveland Browns. Also and the Suns. Now, oh, the Suns too. But like in football, but, that's why we call it getting shutting. But that was that was that was six games of an NFL season that's usually sixteen games long. So it's different than being an eighty-two game season. And also, Earl Watson had a full season before that as well. Mm-hmm. So this would be just straight up six games. Yeah. So I think this might be the yeah. fastest firing for a head coach. But we talked about this with Igor Kokoshkov last year. Mm-hmm. Early, this early in the season, he got canned. Like. It might happen at the end of the season. We've seen it before. He might only get one season because this has been atrocious basketball. Yep. This does not look like the Kings team that this was last year. And, you know, I don't think the system's too crazy for them to learn. Like, they just look bad out there. This isn't a team that was pushing the pace last year. And, yes, they're dealing with Marvin Bagley being injured. But overall, Dave, this team just seems to be lacking some of the spunk they were missing last year. <laughs> spunk. Um... <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's a normal word. We're professionals. <laughs> uh, no, for me, I, I look at Walt, Luke Walton's uh, history. Mm-hmm. The fact that he got you know, one of the best teams in the NBA handed to him because Steve Kerr had back issues. Mm-hmm. People gave him all the credit in the world for that team, for a piece of that team's success. He got an opportunity that he maybe deserved, maybe didn't deserve with the Lakers. And what's happened to that team in the meantime? All the players there have had better success after they moved on from Luke Walton. He seemingly held back players in that system. Nobody got to shine under Luke Walton on the Lakers, and they underperformed. Guess what? He got another chance because reasons. So now he gets to take another young group of players, and guess what? They're underperforming. There's a trend here, and I I don't know why teams have the level of confidence in him that they do currently because Mm -hmm. when I look at what he did offensively and defensively with poor rotations, with uh, really struggling to get... Uh, the ball into the right player's hands and set them up in the right sets. I, he is a flawed coach, and I don't know that he deserves to be a head coach at this point in his career. So for me, I, I would not be surprised. I, I would value the fact that they would get rid of him um, after taking a team that was fighting for a playoff spot with about a month left in the season last year to now tanking one of those teams. Well, they literally just added talent. They went and they embraced it. They were like, mm-hmm. we're going to do these cheap, well, we do these interesting contracts with veterans to try to bolster our roster so we don't, you know, let the floor drop out from us at the end of the season. And instead, it's like, all right, so garage sale, right? <laughs> yeah, and they went out and added, you know, the really only loss they had was Willie Cauley-Stein, but they brought in a player that I thought would fit more with them yeah. and Dwayne Dedman that would clear out the lane for De'Aaron Fox to drive and, 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 and add and would give him a pick-and-pop option from the five spots. So I thought it would be a good add. And you look at the pace stats, they were third last year in the league, and so far throughout you know six games, it's been a small sample size, they are third from last. And, and they were at 103.8, and now they're sitting at uh, hundred and uh, uh, pretty much 100 uh, when it comes to space. The only teams below them are, are the Orlando Magic, Utah Jazz, and Denver Nuggets, um, which, you know again, that kind of shows you that it might be a little bit off because the Nuggets were pretty fast last year as well. Um, so maybe this is just a little bit too early, and maybe it's just a little bit jumping the gun there. Um, actually, I was wrong. Now, the Nuggets were one of the worst teams last year when it comes to pace anyways. They were 98.4, so yeah, this is a team that played a little Playing through a slow-ass center, you, know, um, you better be slow. Yeah, my bad. I, I thought that they were a team that just scored a ton, so you were just yeah, that's... but they were just massively efficient. Yep. Um, but, yeah, this was a team that wasn't massively efficient. They were, they were just trying to get as many possessions as possible, 
and that's what you need to do, kind of. The in kids the NBA can today. run, and they're they're just they're just slacking. And this is a team too that like they had young players. It wasn't like they were getting older. This team had young players. It's why it fit their offense so much. You have, uh, you know, Darren uh, Fox, Fox, Fox is one of the fastest players. And, and Bagley, again, we talked about his motor. We raved about this guy. Mm-hmm. Sprints up and down the court every possession. Always a hard rebounder. Can slam it down. Like they have the right pieces to run that up tempo and. All, they, they've just completely gone away from what made them successful last year. It's really I mean, frustrating. The thing, though, with Bagley, though, he's only played one game. Well, yeah, he got hurt. Yeah, yeah he's been know. injured. That's I know. What I'm that's the thing of like, you're saying that this is. If you're is telling like, me Marvin Bagley's the reason they're one in five no, or one. Yeah. It's no. not the sole reason, but like, I look at it and I go, you know what? Like, I can't say he hasn't been able to contribute. The thing that I look at is LA Times article um, from who wrote this? Um, Dan Wokey, W-O-I-K-E, um, is his name. And some of the things that he kind of points out in his article is the pace of play that Sean just said. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I guess all over their arena, um, for Apple pay, they got, we play fast, pay fast. Yep. Um, but they're not playing fast. Number two, the roster of guys that we've talked about, they have $180 million in free agency to Harrison Barnes, Corey Joseph, Trevor Ariza, and Dwayne Dedman, those guys are only averaging a combined 27.1 points per game. So for me, I kind of look at it on top of even what Luke Walton has said, like when he talked about their preseason trip to India and kind of saying that this team, their conditioning wasn't even good. In order to play fast, you have to be conditioned and I wonder if this is just something of the team's not conditioned enough with these new pieces not gelling right away, and that's why we're seeing this. Complicate a new head coach, a new system, a new language, and this team eventually will get better. Because the bright side, they played the Jazz second time on Friday. They beat the Jazz. So is this just something of early season struggles? They'll get it together. The other thing that puts them behind the eight ball, though, is... Teams like the Suns, teams like the Mavericks. These teams are looking pretty good so far. And, I mean, I know the Mavericks are out of the playoff race right now, but they're 3-2. and two. Suns, 3-2 and two as well. Seeing things like that does not help when you're a Kings fan because you want to be there because of where you were last year. Yeah, and I think the big thing, too, is, like, you look at the three-point percentage last year, and they're at 37% from three this uh, last year, and right now they're at 34%. Or 32%. So there has been a drop-off in that, and maybe the efficiency increases, you'd be able to, you know, obviously win more games. But they haven't been competitive. 124-95, 1-12, 1-12, 1-12, 1-13, 1-12, 1-13, 1-11, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 1-14, 
better messaging and, and a more cohesiveness in their locker room. And if we do want to go to what Luke Walton has been in, yes, the Warriors did you know, had that, but also Steve Kerr is a mastermind. And then when we go to the, the Lakers, there was that talk, although I, I didn't buy it because it was just a you know it was uh, it was uh, diss tracks and Kuzma mm-hmm. and Lonzo are still cool, but. Like, there was that thing that it was just like, are these guys actually bonding together? Are they just buddies, and are they taking it seriously enough? And yeah. are the Kings truly taking all of this seriously enough to be a team that's competitive night in and night out? I look at their schedule up ahead, and maybe things will start to flip a little bit. Um, you know, you, yeah, obviously, you know, who you're playing is going to be important. You do get a game against New York. You do get a game against Atlanta. But you also mixed in there, you have Toronto, you have Portland, you have Los Angeles, you have Boston. You have a lot of good teams coming up, Brooklyn Mm -hmm. as well. So really, when do you start hitting the panic button, Ricky, if you are this Kings team? Because you're saying, you know, maybe it's too early to talk about firing Luke Walton. Mm -hmm. When does that come into your mind? I look at it, to me, after the calendar turns to 2020, look at, it doesn't, like, and that's the thing, where... Last year, too, was last year a real expectation or was last year just a peak where it was like you look at the monitor. It's like, oh, here, here. ooh, look at that spike. I wonder what that spike was. Was last year just a blip in the radar or is it consistently where this team was going to go? Because not many teams have that spike and then fire their head coach and get a new head coach. I want to see how this team is running as the calendar flips to 2020 after they've had a significant amount of games to get your conditioning, if I can say the word right. By the time we get to January, if your conditioning is shit, then you've got questions to answer that are bigger concerns because of how many games you've played. So that's what I would look at. When we get to January, what's this team like? And then start to make the decision whether Luke should be gone or not after year one. When do you start panicking, Dave? Already. Honestly, I'm just pissed at the team in general because it's like their free agency pickups. I understand, in theory, what the Kings fans were talking about in their subreddit about, like, oh, well, these are all movable pieces, and you know, we can do this, and we we have so many options because of that. Even though our money's tied up, like other teams, you know, trade deadline time, like these can be moved for stuff. But like you said, Deadman should have been an upgrade uh, because uh, Willie Collier Stein absolutely could not give a shit night in night out he would have his he'd have those moments where he was on and he's like dude you you could be the guy you could be a top 10 center in the league with this talent you got all the god-given talent in the world but like he just doesn't have it night in night out so you're like all right we'll get somebody who's got the ability to space the floor good defense to to a point and like dead men's play horribly trevor reza guy who was washed up on the suns was like i don't want to play for these losers goes over to washington played okay but not really great Comes over here, same thing. Doesn't look good. Corey Joseph got a payday. Did he deserve it? Maybe. Is he mm. playing like it? Absolutely not. So when your three big free agency ads are all just negatives, and that's your bench unit, that's the, those are the complementary pieces. No, you're not. You're not doing yourself any favors. The offense itself looks worse. The defense looks bad. I I just am at the point where I'm like, I, I know Luke Walton is a, a young coach still technically, but like I'm done with him. I, I don't think he deserves to be a head coach in the league. I don't think he will be head coach in the league after this season. Question for Dave. Who yeah. deserves to be a head coach more, David Fisdale or Luke Walton? Not David Fisdale is my answer. So Luke Walton yep. over David Fisdale. 100%. All right. Just wanted to see where the— Luke where Walton the... runs a bad offense okay. and a bad defense. But 
at least he doesn't just have his offensive game plan written as here, ISO like one, someone I, with a sharp here, here, here's fist one, is writing on a here, wall. Here's one thing. Yeah. Dave Fisdale's going to the playoffs. I just wanted to see where the hierarchy was hasn't. for Dave. Luke Walton coached a team to a, a fantastic year in Golden State. He, that's a quarter of a season. Got, that's Walton, a quarter of a yep, season. Great year. Great year. Got a ring. <laughs> um, as an assistant coach. Yep. He set up the, Fisdale has a ring. He set up the dynasty coach. that will be LeBron James so in did, the Lakers. So did, so did Fisdale. Mm. Fisdale was the, the key in Miami, apparently. So... I don't. I'd go with Fisdale on that one. Uh, I think it's. I think it's. It's not too. Not it's not too early to panic. But if you're losing, if it, 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 by November nineteenth, if there's losses next to more than one of the Atlanta, New York, or Phoenix games, then hit the panic button. I think that's when you start talking about it because you got to save your season at some point. Sorry. You can't just let yeah. the season go to waste. It's not like, with you. I mean, w- what's the point of like being like, oh well, we got to see what he does? Do you need more than a quarter of a season to see what Luke Walton's going to do? Because, I mean, we already saw what you did in Los Angeles. It wasn't yeah. look crazy. At the, look at the talent that's gone from Los Angeles now. Thomas Bryant it looks like a stud at center yeah. on the Washington Wizards. Brandon Ingram, career year going into the Pelicans. Lonzo Ball, I would say, honestly, he's just been too hard to even contribute at a serious level yet. Josh Hart looks better on the Pelicans, though, already. But even like, that, if LeBron look James all, looks better. Like, yes. Like, I mean, LeBron James knows coaching. He didn't fight for Luke Walton. He wanted him gone. Exactly. And that's the thing. Is it's he, not like he had a connection to Frank Vogel. without him. That, that, that should not be a sign of, we should get this guy when everybody who leaves is more successful. Uh, just, I, I, I don't mean, understand the, the, the confidence behind Luke Walton. I, I just I also sit in it, and it goes up to King's management of, like, you made this decision, getting rid of, I'll tell you this, getting rid of Luke Walton now is not going to, like, if you did it right now, this is the time you have to do it. I'm because a- there's enough games in front of you to turn it around if you fire Luke Walton in the middle of this season, it's not like you're going to turn it around so quick to make the playoffs. That's so, why I mean, I'd give him more than at least six games, but mm-hmm. that's yeah. why I'm not saying I mean, at least through a quarter of the season. If he's not working out, I'd fire him. Because, I mean, if the play- yeah. and that's just another thing of, like, if the player— we talked about, Dave, you mentioned how much money they put in mm-hmm. to bring these guys in— if those guys aren't performing, well, I love the buddy healed honesty of just like whoever came to them there. whoever came to Sacramento as a free agent. Um, like, come on, no one. And the thing is, like, if they're not performing well, how much of that yin and yang are you going to put on the coach to put on the player? Because if you're going to get that money, like Corey Joseph, if you're going to get that money, you got to play out like you. Okay, you got that money, and that's mm-hmm. where we always see it in sports. How's the person play once they got their money yep. compared to that contract year the when they're fighting gone. for that money? Yep. Exactly. And I just, for me, I'm not saying Luke Walton's the best coach. I'm not saying that he's amazing. He's a nice guy, I'm sure. you got to give not. him Hashtag more than just yeah, six, seven games, good. six yep. games to this year. And I think that they, let's see this team when they're finally hitting their condition, conditioncy that they want. Because I don't think they're a condition. They're not a condition team. They're right not now, an air team. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't have their condition. They got the box if, fans going. If, if, if I throw this out there. Conditioning. If, they, if I throw this out there, if, if they fire him, mm-hmm. who do they hire? Don't care. At the end of the year? No. If, I go if, interim. If they, if they, you go interim? I don't even know who it is. And I, I feel more comfortable. Basically letting the players coach themselves a little. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I really don't know because I haven't looked into it. Yeah. It's just a matter of, like, I watched the team play this year. I remember watching them play last year. I liked where they were going. But this is this is the wrong direction, and you can see the frustration on the players' faces uh, during games, and it's just like, this is not going to work. 
And hey, if they magically turn it around by the end of the year, I'm still not going to give Luke Walton credit. I'm going to give the players the credit. Because I truly believe that he does. He is not a good coach. I'm going to ask the same thing we asked about the Kyrie situation, though. With that, with guys already looking like it's not going to work, mm-hmm. how much do you put on the players to, hey, this is how it is. Buy in. Buy in and see if it'll work rather than, well, it ain't going to work, guys. But is it, isn't it tough to buy into something if you don't believe it? Yeah. I mean, like, what, should, should the Bulls buy into no. all of Jim Boylan's oh, it, shit? It's it's Jim Boylan and Fred Hoiberg stuff with take. Jimmy. It's like Jimmy and Ron are like, yeah, we're Luke, not doing this shit. It's a weird or Dwayne thing Wade, that I'm sorry. you need to do where it's kind of like I relate it to teaching because the teacher's got to make the thing relatable for the students. But if the students aren't going to buy in... It doesn't matter what that teacher does to try to get them to buy but, in. But what, ain't what shows you that the Kings Same aren't buying here. in? The Kings obviously wanted to win. No, but what I'm saying, like when, like what Dave said, where the you see the body language of like they're this ain't gonna it's work. It's hard to be happy when you're exactly. getting the shit kicked out. No, of no, game I know and that. Out. Like and I'm Sean not, read off the score lines. They were not close losses. I am not saying they have to be happy, but it goes into it's a yin and yang of. Luke's got to find out how to get them to buy in, yep. but it's also on the players too. If the players are going to be rejectful to it almost and be like, well, this ain't working, we're losing, and if Luke's trying different things, I'm saying it's a yin and yang. It's both. It's not just in one court that, yes, the players need to buy in, it's just on them, or Luke Walton needs to get them to buy in, it's just on him. It's on both. Yeah, I mean, his impressive time going 26-56, and 35-47, and 47, and 35-47. and 47. Are uh, thirty-seven and forty-five, I should say, in that third year with the Lakers. Like there, there's nothing there that gives me confidence. So what? No. You, or let me let me What's throw this. I, 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 just, I disagree the, with the, 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 the players team. need to buy in stuff because I, I I think that if you're buying into a crack of shit, like you were, you don't you didn't pick him. The front office picked him. No, no, no. The I'm management picked him. So why should you be needs forced to, to be there? Because. If how does it help the team? I, I don't think it's a, say, I don't think it's a massive lack of effort. I yeah, just don't think this team is. It, it, how is, does it help to just? All right, I'm not going to buy in. That doesn't help. Like unless the GM's going to say, "All right, we're going to fire him," because the only you asked me or asked us, who would you look at? In my mind, if Luke Walton gets fired this year, mm-hmm. the head coach of the Kings is Igor Kokoshkov. That's right. your head coach. It ain't going to be Byers. It ain't going to be Mermies. It ain't going to be Rana. That's the assistant that's going to be the interim the rest of this year is Igor. Oh, Did you like what you saw? I didn't saw? even know he was an assistant. Yeah. He, those are the assistants this year for I, the I, I was I was looking at I was uh, and the names I was going to throw out, J.B. Bickerstaff <laughs> and, and Igor Kokoshkov. So, yeah, get rid of Luke. I'd rather see Igor. Igor, I think, is, has, has at least— Give him a point card and let's see what he can do. Yeah, I, I think that he was a guy that I was super excited for, and mm-hmm. I just don't think that— he had a full great team to work with out there, and I don't think that you know Monty Williams. I, I liked him because he was going to at least bring structure to this team. Maybe this team doesn't need structure. Maybe they just need someone to pl- let him play fast and let him play loose. And I, I don't know exactly what Luke Walton's bringing so far, but it hasn't been good. Yeah. So, and again, what development has he done? His team when he first started with the Lakers, you know, Clarkson better, Bi better, Julius Randle better. D'Angelo Russell, better. And I know he was a circumstance of bad contracts, yeah. mm-hmm. but still, the point is, like, uh, Zubak, better. It's just, you look at this roster, how did you not develop players? Like, Larry Nance, good player, got traded out. Lou Williams, yes, obviously wanted out. Um, but it's just, every time you add young talent to that team, they didn't get better, and those young players didn't progress at the rate they should have, so why are you giving him a team loaded with young talent? If he's not known for his player development... He was known for holding the reins of 
three MVP candidates on a team. Like, the fuck? I think that's a good final thought. What's your final thought, Ricky? My final thought is uh, what Aaron Rodgers told us a long time ago. Relax. Relax. Give it a little bit more time before we I jump hope they're the better. Team. I, I, I love that. I agree. You should relax. And then by November 19th, if they still suck, fire his ass. That's 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 the truth right there. This team can be better, and I don't know if Luke Walton's the answer. Let us know what you think down in the comments below, Kings fans. You're probably frustrated because your team is 1-6, but maybe it's not Luke Walton. Maybe we're off, but we'd love to hear from you down in the comments below, so let us know. That's going to do it for the Fast Break this week. We want to thank you for watching, and if you do want to help us out, check out patreon.com slash mostvaloudpodcast. We love and appreciate all the support you can offer to us, uh, so check out patreon.com slash mostvaloudpodcast. It would mean the world for to us if you did. But let's wrap it up. Dave Oster, Ricky Wimmer, I'm Sean Anderson. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.